to C-Store Technology Oracle, a podcast featuring discussions with experts about technology disruption and how it is impacting convenience stores today, as well as what's ahead for tomorrow. I'm your host, Aaron Del Conte, Executive Editor with Convenience Store Decisions. Frictionless checkout continues to be a hot topic. Earlier this year, I had the chance to speak with a number of C-Store retailers and experts about frictionless checkout, including Richard Crone, CEO of Crone Consulting, LLC, for the frictionless checkout article in our May issue of C-Store Decisions. It looked at all the different ways convenience store retailers are approaching frictionless checkout from scan and pay apps to models like Standard Store and Amazon Go, and what retailers should be considering before moving into a frictionless future. Well, today, we're diving deeper. I'm joined by Richard Crone, CEO of Crone Consulting, and also Heidi Liebenguth, managing partner of Crone Consulting, which is an independent advisory providing market insight and self-service strategy for retailers. They're going to share with us key points to keep in mind when evaluating frictionless opportunities. Hello. Hi, Richard. Hi, Heidi. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks. Looking forward. Well, I'm excited to jump right into our discussion today on autonomous checkout on Amazon Go. For our listeners who might not be aware, we're recording this right now. It is the end of August, and uh, not this coming weekend, but next weekend, September 8th, uh, we're going to be in Minneapolis for our National Advisory Group Conference, where Richard is going to be speaking about uh, frictionless check out. So some of our listeners perhaps were, were at that conference and were a part of that session. Some of our other listeners might be coming to this for the, for the first time. Um, so Richard, let's, let's jump right in for them. The first question I have for you, there's so much talk about Amazon Go and, and what they're doing with frictionless checkout. Does Amazon Go really work? Erin, uh, thanks again for, for having Heidi and I. Uh, for those listening, we'll be covering this in detail in my keynote speech at the NAG conference on Wednesday, September 11th at 8.45 a.m. You will leave that session with your PhD and the topic. If you're not able to, to attend, this is uh, the Cliff Notes version of that. So does, does Amazon Go really work? Absolutely. Heidi and I have spent literally weeks mystery shopping and observing this compared to more than a year ago when we started this effort our most recent uh, mystery shopping tours show that it's working probably at a 3.9 confidence level, meaning 99.99%. If, if something does fail, it's from our estimation, somebody is reviewing the video on the back end to see what actually happened and resolving the issue pretty quickly. Um, the, the industry term for, for monitoring this is something called a receiver operating characteristic or a rock curve. And what you're really doing there is measuring the confidence level of the autonomous view or machine or computer vision in this. Great. And, you know, given that computer vision works on probability, 
you know, at, at what confidence level, probability of detection or rock curve, you know, can we, can we be confident? Well, it has to be at a near three nines level, I think, for any legacy retailer to install this. Um, and the, the only way that the artificial intelligence engines can get to that is by interpreting just massive amounts of data. That is the fuel of artificial intelligence, is really data. And there's an infinite number of movements and images that need to be used to build these algorithms. And the only chance that any of these startups have at being able to build that data set is by having the retailers invite them into their stores and to pilot this. But that comes with a great amount of risk because you, as a retailer, you need to separate your business from your charity. Meaning if you donate this skew level data, the dwell time, the checkout data to these startups, you're gonna help build a unicorn value in someone else's business while you're giving up the very essence, the most prized asset of your merchandising concept. And that's your SKU level customer data while they're in the store. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of different approaches, right, to frictionless checkout. There's a lot of competing approaches compared to Amazon Go. How, what are some of the approaches that you've seen that are compared to Amazon Go and, and how did those scale? Actually, before we address that, mm -hmm. I didn't want to mention that the real, the real value of the machine vision and machine learning that we see in autonomous checkout is not in the autonomous checkout itself. It is with check-in. Mm -hmm. That is where the retailer knows who the customer is when they enter the store. And check-in allows the retailer to personalize the customer journey through the store, not waiting till checkout as the person is leaving the store, but being able to know who they are and be able, able to communicate with them while they're in the store and personalize that experience for them. And if you're not personalizing and you're using anonymous autonomous checkout, you're really moving toward commoditizing your store experience. This technology to personalize the in-aisle experience based on what they're looking at, their dwell time, the aisle that they're in, their shopping and store past purchases, what's in their basket right now, what's on their shopping list, this is all really powerful stuff that retailers can use to make that customer more loyal, to motivate them to buy more and come back more frequently. And combine this technology with effective computing, the science of using interpretive video to determine the mood and emotions of the shoppers, the retailer could know exactly how are they feeling about the purchase and does it spark joy? A key point, yeah, a little Marie Kondo there. I mean, it's setting the stage as to all the players. Um, one of the most important players in the retail landscape are the supplying brands, the consumer packaged goods, and the product manufacturers themselves. This is really important to convenience stores because most convenience stores make more money from the slotting fees, the product placement and trade promotions, than they actually do from EBITDA or profit, right? And so Google 
and Facebook and Amazon have all this data that occurs during an online shopping experience. And so what autonomous checkout and the computer vision does is it brings that capability in store. And so when you ask about who are the, you know, what are the different approaches? Well, we're tracking more than 22 startups in this space that have probably received close to a billion dollars in investment capital to get their various models and approaches going. And, and Aaron, that doesn't include the big nine superpowers in artificial intelligence, right? Amazon itself with Amazon Go, Microsoft, where there's some press that they're working with retailers, certainly Google with their announcement today of empowering more than 12 million convenience store locations in India with, with, with Google Pay, which you gotta believe is probably the first step towards getting to autonomous check-in and autonomous checkout and bringing the Google model to where 90% of all sales occur today and that's in store. Not to mention that Apple bought Emotion, a leading company in emotional computing, probably a big portion of that uh, capability and software stack was used to empower Face ID, but it was certainly, you could certainly see it helping in autonomous checkout. Facebook has play in this, certainly IBM, Alibaba, Tencent, and Baidu. All of these companies have a different approach and a whole set of competency and a bunch of money behind them in, in pursuing this. So when we look at the competing approaches, probably the easiest entry point is what we call the clean slate. That's what Amazon Go is doing. They're not trying to retrofit a legacy store, and they're not trying to be able to uh, address all of the challenges that come with self-checkout, either traditional or scan-and-go, or autonomous itself. They have simplified the SKU mix and actually created a new merchandising concept. That concept is with premium prepared foods and groceries, PPF and G. It's essentially a prêt-à-manger with some grocery items. It's a 7-Eleven stocked by Whole Foods, right? And so, it's a, or it's a tiny Trader Joe's. And the reason for that is that this first generation of technology around autonomous checkout can't read at a high rock curve, right, or a confidence level, every particular situation. There are deli deli difficulties, as we say, when somebody's handing something over, and then there's all of the traditional exceptions that go with uh, self-checkout as it is. The other is, the ultimate goal here is to retrofit a whole legacy store, but that's hard to do. But as the venture capitalists say, hard is good, and that's why they're investing heavily in this, right? The other is to simply use the technology to retrofit a traditional self-checkout station. You know, the, the, the shiny steel machines from Diebold Nextdorf and NCR and so forth, where you supplement this computer vision to validate what somebody is scanning using traditional barcode scanning. And so the combination of the two would help reduce the shrink and some of the exceptions that occur there. Another approach that that some retailers are taking is scan and go. 
and Walmart was an early tester of this and they've abandoned that effort uh, because scan and go where the customers walking through the store and scanning items as they pick them up is plagued by all kinds of risk for fraud. Uh, we see a lot of scan and switch failure to scan intentional or not. And I think the, the folks at Walmart ended up calling this approach not scan and go, but just go, because there was so much shoplifting that they saw from this approach. Another uh, thing that retailers are testing is order ahead. And this, if it's done right, could be a replacement for self-checkout altogether. We've seen some new innovations in behind the scenes order fulfillment, like takeoff technologies, where there's a full warehouse miniaturized ready to deliver the items in the order ahead order. Order ahead can be a separate pickup point in the store. And this is one way that retailers can kind of test this uh, machine vision technology in a limited space where customers have ordered ahead a certain amount of things, perhaps their lunch or drinks or whatever. And then there's a limited area where they can pick up whatever they like and leave a limited SKU selection so that the uh, machine vision isn't as challenged to capture exactly what they're walking out with. Then you have startups like Vite Technology that are producing refrigerators full of fresh prepared meals or drinks, each labeled with an RFID tag, which is a technology that doesn't require any kind of this new machine vision and machine learning that we are seeing in the autonomous checkout space. It's very easy for them to evaluate what's in the refrigerator before the doors open. Someone has to scan a, an app or swipe a card and pick up something in the refrigerator and it, it evaluates which RFID tags have now been taken. Then of course you have traditional vending machines and so forth. Yeah, I know I like the kind of the extensions of this, right? What what jump starts it and and in our last series of mystery shopping Amazon Go locations, we noticed that they actually added a new service feature, and that is you can take your returned items that you've ordered from Amazon.com to its Amazon Go, right? Returns to Amazon Go are what prescriptions are for a drugstore. It drives traffic, and I can tell you in our last series of tours, I would say as much as one third of the traffic was driven by people coming in with Amazon.com returns. Well, what is that? They have to use the Amazon Go app to check in and go through the turnstile. So at that point, the autonomous checkout and the infrastructure inside Amazon Go knows who they are. And because it's linked to Amazon Go, they know what they purchased. At that point, they interface with an Amazon Go associate, they take the returned item, scan the barcode, and now they have a perfect validation of the item with a pre-authenticated, multi-factor validated customer. At that point, the associate takes the return and the person is welcomed to take anything off the shelf anywhere within Amazon Go and just walk out. What could be more powerful than driving traffic through a return or a pickup point? And that's a big opportunity for convenience stores. 
adding returns like coal hats, Kohl's department stores has done with Amazon Go could be a plus one feature that could certainly be handled within the existing footprint of every convenience store today. It might be a little harder to put Amazon lockers in the back of the store and displace you know, product shelves or refrigeration space for that. That's why most Amazon lockers are outside the store and don't do anything to drive in-store traffic or sales or incremental sales or visits. And so returns combined with a pickup point could be a very interesting extension. Very interesting. And, you know, obviously convenience stores have a lot of exceptions. I'm wondering if you can talk to our listeners a bit about what those exceptions are for convenience stores and then how convenience store retailers might be able to best handle those in a mixed checkout format store. Right. Well, let me take that on. The obvious ones are the ones that require the customer to show their ID, right? When they want to buy alcohol or tobacco or lotto tickets, those, those items, you know, are difficult, right? In a walk in and walk out, just walk out environment. One way to deal with that is in the way that drugstores are using their apps to enable people to pick up prescriptions where people can authorize themselves through the app with their identity, scan their ID and so forth before they even get to the drugstore. The same kind of approach using an app-based validation and check-in is a potential way for convenience stores to deal with those particular exceptions. Yeah, so another way to look at the exceptions is in three buckets. The first is the exceptions that come with traditional hardware-based safe self-checkout. The second is where the consumer is using a mobile app to scan the items themselves and just walk out. And the third is Amazon Go. And so every one of them has a challenge here. But with traditional Go, it's the partial or total scan or just bypassing the scan altogether. There's ticket switching where they scan regular strawberries, but they actually put organic strawberries in their basket. And then there's the challenge of check on theft that comes in any of these environments where how do you choose which customers to check? And are you profiling that customer? And is it self-sweethearting? And the hardest thing is bulk produce, alcohol and tobacco, lotto tickets, returns, and just acceptance of cash. In, in the first two cases, in traditional SCO and scan and go, these are all a challenge. In fact, scan and go, as Heidi referred to earlier, in the Walmart deployments were referred to as just go because they couldn't handle the kind of the, the line rage that goes along with profiling and stopping people and so forth and, and those exceptions. Now, now, the key here is that Amazon Go has eliminated those exceptions from the merchandising formula. It's really a quick service restaurant, right? If you look at most of their SKUs, and it's all prepackaged, so there's no bulk produce, there's no alcohol and tobacco in, in many of those stores. But if there was, and in some cases there are, then the app has a pre-validated, multi-factor authenticated customer that can be validated before the purchase. If you require viewing a driver's license 
in order to sell tobacco or alcohol, the app itself can scan that driver's license in advance and have that on file. And this is the way the drugstores are doing this today with their apps when you pick up a prescription. And so this same approach can be applied here. How's a convenience store play in this? The one and best way to, to leverage this are the fueling apps that the major brands are deploying today, which are growing exponentially in their use. From Chevron, BP, Shell, uh, ConocoPhillips, U Union 76, and a whole bunch of others that are allowing consumers to use that app to activate the pump and have their loyalty credentials and payment accounts automatically pre-populated, avoiding the need to enter in a loyalty card and pull that out, enter a credit card, pull that out, type in your zip code and pull that out, and then finally start fueling. And all that friction goes away when you use an app to activate these services. And so that's providing the most amount of runway for retailers. That's the easy move to, to make, is to make sure you support at least your fueling primary brands apps as a part of the purchase sequence and using and, and extending these capabilities for eliminating the exceptions. And and what are some of the other things that convenience store chains would need to take into account? For example, you know, what are some of the strategic re-engineering issues that come about with frictionless checkout? You know, I'm thinking of, you know, the processes, procedures, labor requirements, the, the different required resources that convenience stores would make sure that they were accounting for. Can you speak on that, either of you, a little bit? Well, first of all, the strength and the advantage and the value of autonomous checkout would not be in the checkout itself, but in the check-in. It's not the value of eliminating cashiers. And in a convenience store, frequently you only have one employee in the store. So we're not looking at labor savings here. We're looking at what can we do to make the customer experience more valuable, to boost uh, visits, to boost basket size. And so the check-in is the area that the retailer really wants to focus on because that is where you can get the most bang for your buck as far as getting a higher value out of this whole installation. And, and on top of that, I mean, again, it's the three Ps. It's the process, it's the procedure, and it's the people. And the hardest thing to, to deploy here is, is autonomous checkout in a mixed checkout format, trying to preserve legacy checkout options while adding the self-checkout and more importantly, autonomous checkout options. That's where Amazon Go has an advantage and they're way out ahead because they don't have any of these challenges. And so what a convenience store has to think about is what's our merchandising concept and how must it change to harvest benefits of this technology. It may be very hard to do to retrofit a store and years away, but there are incremental steps that you can take to connect with the customer, make them known and contactable, and that centers principally on the retail fueling app and making sure that your in-store can accept that and that the data that is, is harvested and obtained through that registration is shared with the petroleum 
fueling brand with the convenience store. And there, every retailer, every convenience store retailer needs to exercise their data rights and have a strategy. Because if you don't have a strategy, you're simply building someone else's business from that data because there is valuable information here, not only for the autonomous checkout startups, but for the fueling brands providing that new app because that app is what gives a convenience store runway to compete and to connect with their customers and to build a known enrolled base of customers through what we call a customer relationship or CRM based model. Because that is your pathway to personalization. And the rule here, the disruption in retail, is that if you're not personalizing, you're commoditizing or being commoditized by default. And that's where the changes need to be need to be made is what are the incremental steps that you can make today in order to make your customers known and contactable so that you can prepare for autonomous checkout. Now, one of the things that might come up is do you do a pilot and do you let somebody in, scan all this data just to validate whether it does have a confidence level and could you turn it on and retrofit a whole store? Just by piloting, you are donating that data to build someone else's business. And so your data rights and your strategy must be clearly defined before you do this and, and how you're gonna handle a mixed checkout format if you're even gonna be able to handle a mixed checkout format. So much to consider and it, it's great that, uh, that you're going through it all for, for our listeners. Uh, another question that I have that, you know, convenience store retailers, they have so many different items and some of them might have similar packaging, right? It might be difficult, for example, to tell the difference between same items of different sizes if they have a, a 12 ounce box of Cheerios and a 20 ounce box of Cheerios or if there are changes made to packaging uh, by suppliers or consumer packaged goods companies, you know, how can retailers with these similar items tell the difference between them if they're moving to this kind of a format? Can you talk a little bit about the challenges with that and, and maybe some of the solutions, either of you? Sure. Um, Amazon Go has limited its variety to single serve sizes from what we've seen. Generally, the flavor varieties are labeled in different colors and their shelf sensors plus the cameras identify when items are selected. The shelf sensors are going to be a key to identifying different sizes of the same brand product. But you know, what we've seen is the selection is dramatically limited in the non-perishables with only one brand of paper towels and toilet paper. This works because Amazon Go is primarily a QSR, a quick service restaurant disguised as a convenience store. Amazon knows that their urban Go store customers only want to carry away a small bag and the larger orders are probably being made on Amazon.com for delivery. So it's really part of the merchandising mix, right? You need to be carefully think about this as you curate the customer experience, because this is, this is version 1.0. It will get better over time. And the first company to completely retrofit an entire store is going to attract a lot of attention. If not, a merger and acquisition feeding frenzy. Meaning, if one of these 22 startups breaks the code literally and can deploy an entire legacy store 
retrofitted and handle mixed checkout, then one of the other bigger retailers are likely to buy that startup or one of the big nine superpowers would be enticed to buy that startup if for no other reason to keep the technology and more importantly, all of the accumulated data that they had to build those algorithms out of the hands of competitors. And so this has to be carefully considered as a part of your check-in, personalization, and autonomous checkout strategy. It's not just about distinguishing like products. It's about distinguishing your data from someone else's that might get into the hands of competitors that are just bleeded across competitors' lines because of a single provider of autonomous checkout. And Richard, I heard you a little bit earlier, you were, you were mentioning merchandising strategy. Can you, can either of you, Heidi or Richard, talk a little bit about, you know, what is at risk for convenience stores if their current merchandising strategy is based on SKUs that might be considered these exceptions that we were talking about earlier by autonomous checkout, you know, for example, produce or, uh, you know, fresh bulk items, alcohol, tobacco, or these products that might be kind of indistinguishable uh, like jams and so forth that might have different sizes, you know, can, can one of you speak about, you know, what might be at risk for, for convenience stores if they move to this model and that's what they're dealing with? The easy answer, the first step is to nail order ahead or what we call as buy online, pick up in store. Convenience stores have been late, if not ever included in this party. Order ahead is the ultimate defense of autonomous checkout because you have to have a customer that's opted in and downloaded and activated and pre-authenticated your app or your petroleum fueling brands app. And at that point, if they've downloaded an app, registered payment type, you now know them with the most intimate form of personalization, meaning you have a covenant of trust because they were willing to give you their payment credentials in advance. They trust you enough to do that. The second is, if they order ahead, by default, they are personalizing because they're telling you exactly what they intend to buy and where they intend to pick it up. And at that point, you are differentiated with a barrier to entry by any other competitor because they have ordered ahead, told you what they want, and where they're going to pick it up. And that uh, alleviates the need for any type of checkout because it's there waiting for them. You have to get your app and order ahead act together immediately to have a fighting chance to compete in this world. This and I might say that as part of that app, because we are convenience stores and we're dealing with the mobile public, you really want to have voice as a part of that app so that people can dictate as they're driving what they're hoping to pick up in the store so that order can be ready for them and they are hands-free behind the wheel, not trying to type. Yeah, augmented voice is a key point here for activating the, the convenience stores or the petroleum fueling app. I'm presuming that they're both the same, right? If you're um, an, uh, an owner of a Shell branded station, you wanna be able to use the Shell app inside your store, but collectively, this is an opportunity for the National Advisory Group right? In that 
you can formulate your request on a collective bargaining basis with these brands of the data that you want, the features that you need in order to facilitate the crossover from the fueling experience to the convenience store experience. That should be the goal because it's unlikely that a smaller convenience store operator can jump to autonomous checkout without having somebody pay for it and install it entirely for them. And that is a likely probability. Any one of the big nine could certainly offer to put an autonomous checkout capability in someone's store. But what are you giving up when you do that? Because there's no such thing as a free lunch. And they'll do that only for exchange for the data. And that data is incredibly valuable, not only to the convenience store operator and the franchisee, but more importantly, their bargaining position and the balance of power with the supplying CPGs, product manufacturers, and brands. Again, I go back, most retailers, convenience stores, and certainly grocery stores make more from the slotting fees than they do an EBITDA and profit. And that's what's at risk here of changing that business model without a check-in strategy. Very interesting. And are there any other impacts to merchandising strategy that convenience stores need to address before they would get started in this direction? And, and if so, do you have any advice on how they can kind of evaluate that? Well, first of all, I'd just reiterate that the retailers must recognize the value of their data when it's being used to build their own business and when it is merely fueling someone else's. Mm. This protecting of data rights is a very important issue that probably most convenience stores are not really thinking about. That's not the top of mind for their business operation today. So it's something that they want to carefully consider and make part of their check-in strategy. The opportunity for making the store more successful is not in eliminating cashiers, especially in a convenience store, but in registering known customers and being able to personalize their shopping experience, driving larger basket size and increased frequency. When the store can identify and communicate with customers before their visit through a shopping list or voice activated order ahead and during their visit after check-in, they can help them find their items, suggest complimentary items and earn a whole new level of slotting fees from the CPGs and brands that stock their shelves. The amazing, wonderful thing about machine vision technology is that knowing the customers in the store and where they're in the store, there's an opportunity to make an experience that's a blend of the online and offline experience where people can search and find and get suggestions for items just as they do in an online shopping in the physical store. I'd say I'd leave you with this key rule. We call it Crohn's rule. The one who enrolls is the one who controls. The one who enrolls the customer for their app and can personalize the experience through their user interface is the one that controls the upside to new merchandising concepts, new revenue streams from CPGs, and the ability to grow their business without being commoditized. You have to have a view to a CRM-based business model. And today, most convenience stores, if not all of them, unless the supplying petroleum brand is sharing data from their fueling apps, doesn't know who their customer is. 
And so their locations, their merchandising mix certainly are today their principal competitive advantage, but the barriers to entry are low and a change is in the mix that is already challenging that. But if you have an enrolled base of known customers, that is a defensible position that you can take to the bank, especially when you think about where autonomous is going. Because if we have autonomous cars and autonomous checkout, how far away is true autonomous fueling where somebody just drives up and the nozzle fits right into the tank and it's all driven from a pre-validated multi-factor authenticated customer that pays from the privacy of their own phone. This world is not that far away. And if that's the case, how much harder will it be to get the customer to walk into your convenience store? What that says is you need to be there with them, knowing before they even came to the store what they intend to buy. And you can only measure intention and, and react to intention with a known customer with the ability to interact with them before they come to the store. And that's why your first move has to be in having your own branded app with the order ahead capability and putting autonomous checkout right next to the pump with maybe uh, an autonomous locker or autonomous refrigerator like Bike Technologies that allows somebody to open up the pump and pay and grab a sandwich or a salad or a set of items or the items that they had ordered ahead for waiting for them right there. This set of inches is what you're fighting for, not the feet from the pump to the store. And so there's a new game to be played here and you can't play by doing nothing. Doing nothing is a self-liquidating strategy, right? And so you have to move towards having a vision for your store in this world, because if you don't have a strategy, the value of your franchise will never be higher. It is going to be challenged by new business models like Choice Markets in Denver, where they've combined not only the fueling with autonomous checkout, but with a small, hip, new little grill inside. And these things all combine together to motivate more visits, more purchases per basket in a personalized model that's focused on the customer. And you can't do that by being a follower, a laggard, even a fast follower. Convenience stores' biggest decision now is what their strategy will be in this world, of which I will address in my keynote on Wednesday, on September 11th at 8.45 at the NAG conference. Wonderful. And Richard, as you said, the one who enrolls is the one who controls. I think that's such great advice. And you've definitely given our listeners so much to think about. And I hope everyone will uh, come to our NAG conference and tune into that session. Uh, Heidi, thank you as well for all of your insights today. Are there any final parting words that you'd like to leave our listeners with or perhaps a website where they can go for more information? Well, certainly we want to encourage them to uh, send us a LinkedIn invitation. We welcome that. We put our latest thought leadership on that 
as well as sharing them, obviously, with convenience store decisions. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you again for including us today in your broadcast.